coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Paper Stack Podcast. I am Brett Berkey. This is Rick Allen. Yes. And uh, we're doing something cool today, something new, something, a new type of series. It's called Your Biggest Win, Loss, and Learn. We're going to try to keep these two around 15 minutes if possible. And what it is is basically uh, people want to learn from other people and their hard knocks and hopefully take the lessons and wipe off the good part or wipe off the bad parts and keep the good parts. And yeah, everybody likes a good champion story though, right? Everybody wants to hear about the victories, but also you learn a lot. I learn more from my losses than I do from my wins. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that today. Definitely more from the losses. So... We are going to start this new series and bring on listeners of the podcast, people we know in the industry. And today, our first guest, welcome to the show, Nathan Turner. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. I'd represent. There, there it go, is, man. man. Nice. I like that shirt. It looks really good on you. How's this going to roll, Brett? Tell me. This is a, I don't know, just making it up on first the fly. One. So we're just like going but with Real it. quick, tell us just how long you've been in the industry, just the quick Reader's Digest highlight version of it, and then... Bless us with one of your stories, your war stories. All right. Okay, so turn that off first. (laughs) Nathan Turner, I live up in Montreal, Canada, but uh, all my business is done in the U.S. So I'm the Canadian note guy. I've been doing this since my first note purchase. My first non-performing note purchase was in 2010. So I've been around a little while now, and it's been a great ride and I've had all kinds of different deals. I was thinking a lot about what, which one to relate because there's the one that pay the best. There's the ones where you lose the most. There's the ones where you learn a bunch. So I was really contemplating which one to share with you guys. So here's the one I got. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. So this is one and the story is actually not over yet. This is one that I currently hold. They're making payments. but that's the later part of the story, the early part of the story. So I bought this about two years ago. It's in Selma, Alabama, and it was already in foreclosure. So I, the, the whole thinking was we've just finished a foreclosure, resell the property and be done with it. It was just supposed to be a fairly quick turnaround. Is it a uh, single family mobile home? It's a single family in a nicer neighborhood. We had an um, estimated value of property about 115000 Okay. So it, a decent, nice little house in Selma. And I admit the history kind of thought, I, I thought, oh, that's cool to have a property in Selma, Alabama. That's fun. Sure. And then, of course, it didn't go exactly as planned. It never does, right? Never does. So we got the foreclosure done. That was fine. Um, a, little bit about the, a little bit about the purchase real quick. So you bought it with foreclosure already happening, right? Do you remember what you paid? What percentage of the balance? Or did you get a good deal? Or... It was pretty good. I want to say we paid somewhere in 60, 65,000, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So in Alabama, it's typically a pretty quick foreclosure state, yeah. low cost, high velocity, yeah. ideal for most note investors. Yeah. Seems like just. Yeah. Seems like a home run to me. Yeah. So go on. What happened? So we took back the property. Sure enough, when you take back the property, that's typically when things start to go off the rails. If you can get a reperforming, those are so much smoother, so much easier. But this one, this is one of those. So we took it back, got into the property, found that there were some foundation issues where there, had, there were some cracks in the foundation. And so that made it a little bit more challenging to get us whole. That being said, 
nice houses in the neighborhood were going like renovated houses were going like 175 up to 200. So I'm like, you know what? Even with the issues, that should be fine. So we put it up for sale with the realtor. I think we initially listed it for about 120 just to see what would happen and got nothing. And it sat there for quite a long time. And the realtor, in fact, I think was just getting. I don't know if it was impatient or if we were messing with her stats or I don't know what, but she just, she kept coming back and she's out. The further along it went, the less faith she had in the property. She started just, she started looking at it like it was a garbage house. Mm -hmm. When my realtor is looking at it, like that's not good news. No. So she kept coming back and she's, we need to cut the price in. And eventually she was saying like, you know what? You're going to be lucky if you get like 40,000 for it. What? I don't think that's true, first of all. And second of all, I'm really not willing to take that kind of a haircut on this one in a loss. So I'm like, nah, I just, I can't believe that. I don't think that's accurate. And I'm looking at other things with issues in the neighborhood. Figured out to fix that problem would cost about 25000 That's a steep ticket, but it's not the end of the world. It's got a pool. It's got all these different things. Like, it's a nice little house. Anyway. So eventually what we finally ended up doing is we're able to do a seller finance deal. And somebody came in a couple where they had never owned a house before. This is their first home purchase, not able to get financing at a bank. So we were able to provide financing for them to be able to purchase it at, I think, 90,000. Okay. Nice. So, so less than what I had expected, but not the end of the world, not too bad. So uh, the kind of, just to make it easier and everything else, we actually set it up as a lease option. The plan was they were going to make regular payments for a year and then refinance. So that was last, I think it was last November, they were supposed to do the refi and their credit wasn't quite up yet. They're at about a 600, so they needed to be just a little bit higher. And that was another thing was we were able to get them into a credit repair program, which by themselves, they never would have found that. They never would have been able to do that. So not only are they helping themselves for my, my deal, my property, but they're helping themselves all the way around, just having that better credit score. So it's continued on. We've extended their contract and they're continuing to improve the credit. They've had a couple of bumps here and there along the way. As of now, they're set to be able to refinance next month. Oh, great, man. Yeah. Are they, what's the refi amount going to be? You going to do okay on the deal? Yeah. The balance, what we came up with at that point was we, we, we decided that what they paid in rent is going to go toward, it doesn't go towards a lot of the principal, but normally, but we made a deal and we said, okay, so the refi will be for 80 or 85,000, something like that. So we've collected everything in that over those last two years. Not bad. Their payment's $700 a month. So there you go. I mean, so I'll take it. It's, and so that's the thing. It's not the hugest win, but what I liked about this deal is we had a plan. We had a problem. We figured out the problem. We hit another problem. We figured out that problem. We hit another problem. We figured out that problem. And then it's going to end. Uh, but... That's what I like about notes is like you, you come into problems, you figure it out and you just, you figure out there's some way around it. So it sounds like you, you had a plan A, then fell onto a plan B and a C and the D, <laughs> D. and then finally plan E, 
But that's you're right. That's the great thing is adapting. And if you have patient capital or you have and you're, you're like, look, I don't want to take this haircut. I can go ahead and I can sit in there and I'm just going to go long on this. It another thing that kind of struck me and stuck out to me is so many times as note investors, we see something different in houses. And I think a lot of real estate agents, they look at a house and it's, you know, in their head, the house for it to sell and, and sell for any reasonable amount of money, it's got to have that almost picture show quality. It's going to be great. Maybe it needs paper or paint and carpet, but yeah. otherwise it's very quick or the real estate agents yeah. can very quickly, like you said, they can look at your house. Like this is kind of a donkey. I'm not gonna be able to move this thing. Even if we put lipstick on a pig, it's not going to yeah. sell. And then they start getting down and that information starts, whether they mean to or not. If you, if you have a bad taste in your mouth, you can't possibly sell it to somebody else. Exactly. I have a question. Do you use anything to manage your incoming offers on REO or do you just rely on the real estate agent to pass on every offer that comes in? Are you new to the mortgage note industry? Have you been wanting to learn the step-by-step -step process to purchase your first mortgage note? Well, you're in luck. We've convinced our CEO, Rick Allen, to break down everything he knows about mortgage note investing. Through a series of 50 videos, you'll get everything from start to finish of where to purchase notes, how to purchase notes, and all of Rick's investing techniques he has developed over the many years. From performing note tactics to non-performing notes, Rick gives you everything he knows about investing. Bonuses include our glossary of industry terms, Rick's own proprietary calculators he created to evaluate notes, discounts from our partners, our Rolodex of vendors, a private Facebook group, along with a lot more. We've packed so much content into the Academy to take you from beginner to expert in no time. To learn more about the Academy, go to academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. Again, that is academy.paperstack.com slash welcome. I usually just rely on the agent. Okay. Yeah, we, used to, we, we started using something, I guess it was, I don't know, six or seven years ago called offer submission. And it makes yeah. it to where the, the agents out there, they don't have to fill out contracts, do anything like that. They can simply just submit an offer. And that way it doesn't go to the agent. It comes directly to us. I was just curious if you were using anything like that. But I always have a fear of from doing real estate. And I worked with agents in the 2005, six and seven. And I had a yeah. lot of agents that I would give up my commission as the buyer so they could get me a better deal on the house. And I was, and that always stuck in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. I was like, if they're willing to do that for me, then I know they would do it now. So I just want to take funny. all doubt off the table as just like a way to protect myself. But man, that was a, that's a good one because you never know at the end of the day, you can always plan for the best or hope for the best plan for the worst, I guess is what they say. And this is one where being resourceful helped you. And it's, it's one of the beauties of the business is just there's a workaround in almost every situation. There's some kind of a workaround and you can just, you can figure it out and you just plug away until you figure it out. And sometimes that's on your own. Sometimes that's in conversation with another note investor and say, I've got this situation. What do you guys do with this? Something like this. And, and you can collaborate with other people. And it's just a great it's a mind game of business where you're having to stress your brain instead of your muscles. Yeah, definitely. Got a question for you. What has the value on that house done over the past two years? I imagine, has you it know, been running? I'm sure. Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. That's always one where you're like, I, I, I don't even want to look at it. <laughs> I don't 
I'll look at it once the deal's done. But one of those things you look at it, you're like, wow, if two years ago remodeled stuff was selling for two seventy five or for one seventy five, yeah. I mean, you gotta think that you're north or or at least at two hundred. And those guys are, are you know, whoever bought that house is probably sitting in a pretty nice position. Yeah, it's pretty true. 120,000 in equity. I new credit. Yeah. And you know what? At some point, that's one of the things I figured out a long time ago is getting over whatever deal they're getting. Whatever deal they're getting, that it's that's none of my business. I'm getting what I need and I'm getting what I want. And therefore, it's all good. And I, it's not important for me to try to figure out how well they're doing and how good of a deal they're getting and why didn't I get that? No, it, no that doesn't matter. Great philosophy. And that's that a lot of times when people are buying from brokers, sometimes yeah. somebody gets a, sometimes somebody goes out, they pay for marketing and get an owner finance deal and they're going to broker it to you. And it might yeah. be a, an $80,000 purchase and they bought it for 60. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're happy with the purchase price, you're happy with the purchase price. Shouldn't matter yeah. what they're making. And eventually, and in a case like that, where they're making a big one, sometimes I go, ah, but, but at the end of the day, I'm happy with my purchase price. So good for them. You know what? They did a good job on that one. And I think we teed it up and we nailed it. Our first one, you get an A on this test of getting us right where we need to be. That was a good story, man. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was, I got a lot out of that one. Always think of the angles. There's always an angle. Always Always an angle. angle. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything about uh, what you're doing and company or? I, you know what? This has been so much fun. I started in 2010, 2015. I started doing a bunch of JV deals. And then just a few weeks ago, we finally got our fund paperwork all filed. So now I'm opening up this fund and raising capital and managing a fund. And who knew? Yeah, man. Good it's stuff, man. Congratulations. Did you guys do a Regulation D fund? Reg D? Regulation D, 506C. Yeah. Yes. What's the name? Earnest Investing. Earnest Investing. Nice. Yeah. Good cool, stuff. Cool. We'll put a link to it in the, it's up, the website's up and running, right? It is, yeah. Put a link to it in the footer. Or not the awesome. footer, in the description. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking website, footer, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, we'll hope to see you at the, one of these events one one year. I don't know when the next one, not Node Expo. No? Yeah, it's Node Expo. I'm there. Yeah. Cool. Oh, sweet. We'll see you there. Yeah, man. Awesome. We'll see you in a week. Yeah. Cool. Next week. Yeah. All right, buddy. Take care. Cool. You bet. Thanks, guys.